Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Friday morning of uh, week 16, We're coming off of a thrilling Jaguars-Jets game. Uh, we are uh, just a couple days before the all the holidays really get here. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing real good. And you know, it, it may not be that thrilling game, but it is thrilling if you still are holding on to that plus 650 Jaguars to win the AFC South ticket. There you uh, go. You know, that we've been touting for weeks, man. Listen. It looked dire go. for a while, but uh, we're knocking on the door now. It, it looks live. It looks real live right now. It's here. Uh, so I've been I've been playing with the the playoff probabilities, <laughs> and the only way Week 18 is not for the AFC South uh, is if Tennessee wins out and the Jaguars lose to Houston, and that just seems like it's not going to happen. If the Jaguars lose to the Texans at this point, it, I think it's what ends up being like one of the more shocking. Well, they lost to Turns. a worse Texans team. Right, but like this version of the Jaguars and now this version of the Texans. So, But that's the only way that week 18 between yeah. the Jaguars and the Titans. Uh, Texans have been some gamers the, the last couple weeks, though. They've been fine. But like, they're again, they're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I don't but want like them to that, win. I where, don't want them to win. So the, I, don't, I don't know why we, we need to start off like with Texans talk, but the ah. Texans have kind of been like – you don't think games they can beat early? Well, no, no, no. So they can beat them. I'm, I'm talking oh, about next week. Next week. Okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, just in that way, that that's the only way. So the, te- the Titans <laughs> would have to beat. So this version of the Titans would have to beat the Texans, the Cowboys and the then Texans. the Texans would then have to beat the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, and yeah. both of those scenarios playing out, I, I don't. I don't see how that works. Yeah, they're um, probably live this weekend. I mean, I mean, we talked about it a little bit with the Titans last week, and they 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 still fought against the Chargers because apparently the Chargers will just they'll just charge her every game. Uh, we'll see what they do on Monday night against the Colts, but uh, they're just down so many bodies. Like I I, I don't all know. All of if them. You, yeah. Yeah, I, I retweeted the the NFL you know injury tweet yesterday, and it, it just shows like the amount of games lost by teams. And literally, you can it, it's no it's never more clear why the Jaguars are closing ground on the Titans. The Titans are number one in the NFL with over 250 man games lost. This is you know by man games lost at NFL and Twitter. Yeah. And the Jaguars are number one with that they're by far the the lightest injury team that's been impacted by injury so uh really easy to just take those two those two notes and say like yep that's how we're getting here yeah yeah it checks out (laughs) and then a quarterback who's getting back into his groove the jaguars are figuring out some things on offense right now 69 percent chance to to make the playoffs um and and obviously that it just all kind of comes down to to week 18 the way everything is is playing out but it does look like we're we're getting Jags in the in the playoffs, which is it's something you were uh, you were jumping on a couple of weeks ago. We were, man. Yeah, yeah. Week nine is when I bet it, and they were two and six at the time. Uh, so nice. yeah, so we're we're holding out. Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. It's not <laughs> we're not cashing it. Like, well, watch week eighteen be the week like Malik Willis finally runs for like one hundred and fifty yards and like two touchdowns. <laughs> like it's the most Jag. Because remember last year the Jags. Uh, you know, the, although they, they, they actually rallied, they beat the Colts. So we will, we'll be good. We will get a nice, good, good Jags run out here. Yeah. We get, we get the, the, the Malik Willis 150 uh, yards on the ground. And then we have to watch the Titans in the playoffs. Oh, let's hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, there we go. Whew. Let's do it. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into some actual games. Are games, Our games are- gonna be played this weekend? 
games are going to be played. Uh, whether points will be scored, I believe, uh, is is the question, at least according to Vegas, because we just have like record total like record low totals um we have like record low passing totals um what was i see in tweets that you know one quarterback yeah, is trumping it, it was, is, is setting the the lowest passing total we've ever seen and then like another quarterback would, would come out right now so I, I believe justin fields now has the current lowest uh lowest yeah, passing total the that we've seen. line yet because i imagine that is going to by far be the lowest passing total so uh <laughs> We have a lot of games that are that appear to be impacted uh, by weather uh, a little bit. It's going to be a lot of wind. Um, we were just talking, you know, New Orleans and Cleveland. It's going to be if there's a completed pass that it might be. Uh, we joked. I said I might yeah. go outside in the morning uh, on Saturday and throw a pass so you guys can see it. Like, uh, you know, because I'm like 20 minutes, uh, you know, west of the stadium on the lake. So we'll get a pretty good gauge here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the we'll we gotta uh, set the baseline of of arm strength and and wind and and see how it's going uh um, i can't be far behind Andy Dalton. i think these days uh yeah that's that's probably true and i i mean i think you can consider... well i'm just mean from arm strength stance oh no no, no yeah <laughs> um and considering all of New Orleans receivers are are out and going to be no uh, Chris Olave, if they throw the ball more than you know ten yards past the line of scrimmage at any point, it should be. But you know, New Orleans, Cleveland, not not really in that interesting of a game to to get into, so we don't have to do that. I mean, Buffalo and Chicago, from a watchability standpoint, is going to be fun, especially if again Chicago has all that wind. We might just see like fifty combined quarterback runs between Josh Allen and Justin Fields. Um, Justin game, Fields has been open about wanting to get that record. Yeah, which like at, at this point he should. So I, it, this kind of goes into you know some other bigger picture type things. But um, I tweeted out the other day. Uh, there, in the past twenty years, so going back to like two thousand three, there have the NFL's peaked with four quarterbacks in one season are rushing for at least 500 yards. And that was in 2020 and 2013. In 2022, we're already up to five. And four of them are over 700 yards. And we probably would have had more. We're not going to get Marcus Mariota, who was right on the cusp. We're not going to get Kyler, who was right on the cusp. Like this is this is quarterback rushing territory now, and I think it kind of it should continue to evolve how we you know talk about quarterbacks and and their prospects and development and that type of thing. So I think we are seeing with Justin Fields like having that type of floor at least as you can continue to pass. And again, there was still some more talk on on Twitter about Justin Fields needs to you know be a better pocket progressor and. Um, needs to stop taking sacks, but having that, that rushing floor allows you to develop a little bit because since week nine and when Justin Fields like really turned on some of the passing, he turned on the, the rushing earlier, but since week nine, when he like really went passing, if you just take plays that were passing plays when you take out scrambles, so the result was just a, uh, completion and incompletion or a sack. Um, or an interception. Justin Fields is still 15th in EPA per drop back if you just take those things out. And that's taking zero of his rushing ability. 
So when you have like an average passer now, and he's been able to develop that because the rushing has allowed him to do that. And when you think of who he's throwing to right now, especially without Darnell Mooney in there, um, we, we have a path of how these types of guys uh, can, you know, get a little more leeway. And it kind of shows you the, the difference between having a path for Justin Fields to make up for what's around him and progress a little bit. And like what we've seen from Zach Wilson, um, because when things aren't going well, passing with Zach Wilson, there's not really another option. Um, and I think like that's kind of a, a, a way we're going to be, you know, continue to talk even more about the quarterbacks as they uh, continue to progress. And again, for, you know, this game in particular, don't really think that the bears have a chance unless, you know, this is a Justin Fields runs for 200 yards type game, which it might be because there just might not be passing. Um, but it's just uh, an interesting thing to look at, especially when we kind of see the, the juxtaposition of like what we saw from Zach Wilson on Thursday night and like how we're seeing Justin Fields progress uh, going throughout this season. Yeah, I mean, listen, I this is my wheelhouse. This yeah, is been, you been, you were the guy forever. I've been here forever. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, the old guard of the NFL has needed to come around for this one. And, and, and it's still a hurdle that's going to be always for someone to clear, right? Like, we still do the thing with Lamar, right? Uh, we've done it for his whole career. Like, well, when the Ravens do fall behind, like, and they have to throw, like, he hasn't come back. And then he comes back in the playoffs and they win. And it just move, it just progresses, right? Like, the goalpost just keeps moving. But the, the, the quarterback position in the NFL, like, has always been something where, like, you're never going to get, like, a perfect player, right? Like, a guy that's, like, created yeah. in a lab. Like, you might, like, we have, like, a Patrick Mahomes is probably the closest thing we got. But... Teams that are successful always find a way to get the best out of what their players do well instead of focusing on what they do wrong. And I think that's what we're starting to see with the Bears. I mean, you look at the past few weeks. If anyone's watched a Bears game, they have guys open like all the time. Like they, their scheme is, is incredible and everything stems off of what Justin Fields can do with his legs, right? right. And they've used that to open things up in the offense. And the Ravens did this in 2019 with Lamar. Um, but it's just like – there's ways to make this like advantageous. You take what you harness, what your players do well, and you make that the core of building a game plan around them. Right. Like who rational coaching, right? These things don't happen as, as much as you, as you think they do. And they don't um, listen, Josh Allen for as great as Josh Allen is, has a ton of flaws. Yeah. He's got a ton of flaws. I and mean, you know what? He's amazing. And the bills are amazing with him. And uh, yeah, the, just this, this notion that we're not going to have, like, you're just going to like build this quarterback in the slab. He's going to do all these things. Well, and we're going to have this perfect, you know, drop back passing game that doesn't happen. It's not going to be a thing. I think that happens anymore. The arrow, of the pocket passer, I think is basically dead. I mean, looking at this game last night, Thursday night football game in the rain, uh, Trevor Lawrence ran for 50 yards and had, you know, QB sneak touchdown. Like he was a, his his mobility was a huge part of why they were able to sustain drives and continue to move the football in that game. And the Jets didn't have that out. Guess when the Jets started to move the football? When they had a guy that can 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 run in the game, right? Like the things that you open up. And honestly, the, the Jets got away from it. it. Got a little too cute. Not even using Strebler's legs and a couple of key downs that maybe could have pushed that game a little further. Even though. They probably were drawn dead, but yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's, this is the, the era of like just the standstill, like statue quarterback, I think is, is almost dead and on the verge of dying. And, and honestly, it's just evolution of humanity, right? Like just quarterbacks are like humans are just better athletes, right? Like we're in shape. Like, dude, my, my mailman probably is like running like a, a 10 K this, you know, this month or something, <laughs> right? Like, like, you know, exercise and things are just like a larger part of people's lives. Like watch the combine, like punters are like doing things right. Like it's yeah. just 
an evolution. Like they're just better athletes playing quarterback now. And it used to be in like the, the old days, it's like, well, that guy can't throw right, but that's not the case. Like all these guys can pass now too. So yeah, it's just a, a complete, you know, great, like kind of new era of the quarterback position and the ceiling for these guys is amazingly high. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we're, we're starting to see uh, players, um, you know, when they come in and you can, it's, it's just a way to kind of have those, those building blocks, right? You see what happened with, with Jalen Hurts. It comes in, they build a, a game plan out of people still don't believe in him. Run. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole <laughs> other story, but um, you see, they, they build the, the run game out of uh, Jalen Hurts and, and so much of that. And then they have success with that last year and then they bring in an aj brown and now they can pass all over anybody and i think we're, we're kind of see that i think one of the hiccups if we like bring this back to the bears is man that that chase claypool trade is Ooh. it looks looks like having that high second pick that you could potentially have used for something else and it ends up being chase claypool is uh, it, it's a tough look because like you're if we look at like what if there's a quarter or a, a wide receiver who like might be on the market, I've been looking and it's not, it's kind of difficult. Like we already kind of saw who these top shelf guys are and the the circumstances that made them available. And there's not really going to be that guy this year. If you're just kind of looking at it, it's tough. Either the young guys who are going to be going into uh, that extension eligible type of period that might be getting a big deal or uh, the veteran guys who have already gotten that might be looking for a third contract. Those guys, you know, really aren't there. Is that it, like, is it no, like that a, 2019 a, class? Like everyone, like everyone got resigned. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're not, you're not getting the Vikings to, to trade Justin Jefferson. Like they're paying him whatever he wants, right? You're not getting into contract disputes. In they that should area. do it early. They should do it early. They yeah. should do it, like the day um, that the season flips over, they should just sign Justin Jefferson. But like you, you, <laughs> the other guy like in that area would be like a, a T Higgins. If yeah. you know, Cincinnati doesn't think they can, they're looking down the road at what they have to give Burrow, Burrow and Jamar yeah. Chase and realize, well, we might not be able to sign Higgins to a deal as, as big as he gets. Like, is that the type of like, that's like really the only type of scenario that you're getting a, a receiver like that who's going to be available. And then the bears are also kind of stuck in a place where like, you're not going to be using whatever, like the second or third overall pick that they might have right now on a receiver. And now you don't have that high too. It's, tough uh, i mean they, they do have that other second from uh from baltimore but still it's you would you would really like that that high second pick to to potentially like be in that you know t higgins uh like michael Pittman sweet spot uh that we've seen some receivers taken so uh yeah just an interesting thing to to be looking at as we you know see some of these games and like we're going through these games and not a lot of them have a lot of playoff probability because we kind of see like Giants Vikings is an interesting game, but like both of these teams are probably making the playoffs. So like, it doesn't really matter um, at this point, but like it, this might just be a, a ridiculous game in general. We have a, a Vikings defense that can't really do much of anything. We have the Giants who got back to their, uh, their early season. Uh, we're just going to throw stuff at the wall and, and something's going to work. And that uh, is kind of what happened. So Right now, the Giants, uh, after their win on Sunday night, 
uh, for going by 538 odds, 86% chance uh, to make the playoffs. Uh, and even if they lose just without the, any other, you know, games going on, it only drops to, to 80%. Um, so this, this, this could be an interesting game because the, the Vikings are a team you can kind of, you can run on, you can pass on a, a little bit. Like there is going to be space open. And I'm kind of, I'm very interested in what the Giants are going to kind of scheme up there. Cause you can probably get, you know, some of those crossers that the Giants have been living on. You probably have some of the, the QB run game that's, that's going to work. Um, it, it's interesting for the Vikings. The, the two times they've really like flipped a switch on defense. Um, and, it was when they started playing like some more band coverage. And we talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when they flipped the switch in the second half. And it was the same thing with uh, against the Colts, uh, that crazy comeback. They played a, a little more band. They played a little more aggressive. And that's usually not what they do, right? They're the, they're the Van- Fangio team this year. They're playing a, a lot of cover six. They're playing a lot of, uh, you know, off-man coverage. Um, I wonder if they get, you know, just a little more aggressive here. To throw some timing and this could be like a, a time against a, a giants passing offense that doesn't really have a lot going on you can use this time to like see what works uh you're, you're not really worried about you know darius slayton or you know richie james really beating you all that much so like maybe if you want to throw some stuff at the wall uh this is this is a way like i don't want to say like this is kind of a scrimmage but with two teams who were like already probably going to go to the playoffs you can kind of treat it that way <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, especially because you look at the adjustments they made to playing more man coverage. It made sense in those games to do so, and it would make sense here. And you know, I definitely didn't express enough caution on it last week with the Colts. But one of my big concerns with Matt Ryan and that offense, you know, because we look at this from like a fantasy lens, we're like, all right, the Vikings are just getting flooded. You know, we can stream Matt Ryan. Maybe there's some upside here. But like, where the Vikings are bad, this is another matchup in a row where, like, the Giants haven't been good in that area, The like, the, like where the Vikings have been most exploitable. So, like, when you ever have kind of one of those matchups, it's kind of tough, right? Because you need to project the Giants to start doing things like they haven't been doing. And yeah. that, that always gets a little dicey, right? Like in, in terms of like projecting a ceiling outcome, because uh, they just might not be able to take advantage of where the Vikings are vulnerable, uh, because they just don't have the players. And listen, I, I mean, where are you on the Daniel Jones thing? What do you think is going to happen? Is it like uh, a situation like you think he gets like a Jameis deal? Because like they're probably going to have to bring him back given the station they're in. Maybe they draft a guy in like the second or third round as a potential, but um, they're probably stuck there, right? Like they have to do something short term with Daniel Jones, right? Yeah, it, it kind of seems that way. Um, where you just can't completely go away from it. So I would maybe maybe some type of short term, uh, type of yeah, Jameis the kind of thing where you to bring another guy like if a if an Anthony Richardson is is there in the, in the late first and you want to kind of mold him into a guy that maybe needs a little bit of time to sit. Yeah, it, it's a tough thing. It's again where like Daniel Jones isn't good, but you've kind of played yourself into a position where they got to just not turn the ball over. That's like a huge step. Right. And that's <laughs> another thing is one, like you're, you're getting those, those quarterback runs that are kind of taking away some of the pure mm-hmm. dropbacks that he would have had. And that's like, he just, he still doesn't feel pressure. Right. So like, those are where a lot of the fumbles uh, and things happen and they're not throwing the ball down the field. So you're not putting balls into any spots that are going to be intercepted. Like he doesn't have dangerous throws. And that's why the the interception rate is also so low because he's just not 
they're not giving themselves any opportunity for the defense to right. even potentially have an interception. Um, so when you kind of strip all of that away, you are kind of you lowering the ceiling a little bit of what this offense can be, but also, you know, you are raising the floor a little bit and that's, you know, pulling those levers is what the giants have been so good at. And obviously like, that's not something you want to build an entire offense out of like going forward. Um, but yeah, for what they're doing now, it, it's, it's a tricky thing because you're probably not in that position for rookie unless there is like you are sitting in the twenties and kind of like the, the bills were a little bit right. trade up for Josh Allen um, in that scenario. Uh, if there's, you know, like the, the Richardson type and getting a, a veteran probably doesn't do too much to mm-hmm. bring that. Like what is, what is Derek Carr going to do on this team? Like that's not exciting. Um, what is what is Jimmy Garoppolo going to do? Like that's not exciting either. Um, so while you know Daniel Jones might not completely excite you, you kind of you know know what you have, you know you can build something around that. So I don't think the other veteran options really matter. So it's whether they find themselves with a path to get one of those young guys uh, to come in is probably what the Giants are looking for right now. Yeah, Giants are interesting because we know that they have a lot of needs and they're probably going to give. Saquon and Daniel Jones extensions just depends on what those extensions, what the details are. Um, yeah. But they're, but they're still just literally going to be rolling this, that part back of the team. So where do they add? Where are the additions made? And that's going to be what's interesting. But yeah, I mean, you look at him, he's got one passing touchdown on a throw further than 10 yards downfield this season or two. Zach Wilson is the only one with fewer. And that's kind of where the Vikings have been beat. So can they really take advantage? The other side too, I think, is concerning. This is a real popular DFS game this week because it's the one. It's indoors, which like there's right, like yeah. no weather. Yeah, concerns. points. Yeah, um, but on the other side too, I think the Giants pose a threat to the Vikings. Well, one, the Giants have consistently got people to muck it up with them. They've consistently yeah gotten yeah. these games to be ugly. They did it against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving too, when they had no business. Like they were missing a ton of guys on Thanksgiving, and they still got the Cowboys to play a really ugly game. Uh, and we know the Vikings are capable of playing an ugly offensive game for sure. That's true. Um, and the Giants can get pressure. Like we know they're going to blitz. Kirk Cousins has been awful against the blitz. And he's been awful against man coverage this year. And it was just crazy because you know you have an entity like Justin Jefferson, right? Like yeah. that should be because. But Justin Jefferson's run the most pass routes against man coverage in the NFL this year, uh, which is wild to think about. Like it's even saying that like mate, like doesn't even like compute to me. Like what? <laughs> like, why are why are we leaving him in man coverage? But yeah, I mean. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, only Carson Wentz has a fewer yards for pass attempts against the Blitz than, than Kirk Cousins this year. So I could see a situation where like the Giants really muck this game up too. Uh, and this game ends up being a little uglier than people expect. Yeah, that's certainly possible. And the the difference between the, the Giants right now is like they can get home with four, which they, they kind of did in some like high leverage spots uh, against Washington. Um you know, they had like a 27% blitz rate, which um, yeah, I think I tweeted out during the game. There's like very few teams where you can say only 27% <laughs> blitz rate and and the Wink Martindale Giants are, are one of them uh, because usually it's like 45. Um, so they've been, you know, mixing some things up a little bit. And I think that also like goes to their advantage too when you have a guy like Kevon Thibodeau who can just, uh, you know, destroy from, from the edge. He had the, his like breakout game uh he's been like slowly building up some of the pressures even if the like sacks and stuff hadn't been there but he actually got there um in that game then you have you know dexter lawrence uh, up the middle who's been just incredible um and he's 
tied with Mika Parsons for like quarterback hits. And like, that's not a thing that you would have expected um, at any point in the season, let alone like after 15 weeks uh, that the two of those players would be tied with quarterback hits. So they've been able to manufacture some of that. And, you know, you still have the corners that are not good. So like this certainly could be a Justin Jefferson game. Um, you know, when you like see guys wearing uh, you know, number 44, uh, chasing, chasing around guys like they, they had him on uh, on AJ Brown in in the Eagles AJ game. Brown, I yeah. remember uh, someone saying like they had, someone put a linebacker on him and it's like that, now that guy's really a nope. safety, but <laughs> nope, that's the corner. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. So so we'll see. It's, it's, there's there's still differences in like man coverage and who the Giants are asking to play man coverage. Right. So, uh, you know, I don't really expect them unless probably two guys over Justin Jefferson, you would think um, unless all of those guys Good are please. blitzing because <laughs> they they're running a, a zero blitz where there's are no deep safeties. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it's again, going to be one of those interesting game plans where you just don't really know what you're getting from the giants. Where because... were you on the, uh, the, I know not to make this a pro bowl thing. And I feel like we were like, we're going to get in the weeds and like why pro bowl matters, but where were you on the Kirk cousins pro bowl now? So, I mean, it had to be the coaches and players had to put him in, man. Yeah. And like when you think about like the Vikings record and whatever, and, and it's real interesting. Like I, I was going to even like write about it earlier because just the <laughs> the difference in quality of quarterback from the AFC, the AFC and NFC um, is insane, right? Like Tua didn't make the Pro Bowl. And like for whatever two has done, like the past two weeks, still leading the league in in yards per attempt. Uh, he's still second in EPA per dropback. But you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow, who like do deserve to be there. And then you kind of look at the NFC, and like who, like I personally would have made a case for Justin Fields. Yes, I would. But when you look at, you know, team success and like that is going to matter somewhat in this case right is the quarterback for a, a three-win bears team <laughs> going to make the pro bowl over uh the team that's been you know one of the best teams by record um and i think we've kind of seen like also in season uh coaches and players are not the best uh evaluators of uh player quality i think we kind of see that in the the NFL top hundred players thing. And, and no one takes that seriously, but like these guys are worried about their own shit. Uh, yeah. They're not like, <laughs> unless, like unless they have played the Vikings and they are on defense, uh, they have not really worried about how actually good Kirk cousins is uh, this year. There, there are more pro bowl snubs that are way more egregious than Kirk cousins making it. Um, so in the in the hierarchy of like who I have a problem with making and not making the Pro Bowl, a Cousins isn't quite as high. Um, I, I would have made the case for Fields though, but um, but yeah, I, I think it, it's it, part of the problem is the, these coaches and players are not really paying like that close attention. The Vikings have a good record. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. He's probably good, right? I, a lot of that probably went into it. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is still one of the best stories, though. Like, he's kind of statistically having the worst season of his career. Yeah, we've, we've been on this for, for a while. 
<laughs> the Vikings are having like their best season and, and Kirk just hasn't been playing all that great. Um, yeah, it's amazing when it's been the opposite for you know so many years. Yep. The Vikings are fine and Kirk Cousins when you Yeah, that wasn't like, Kirk Cousins' 10. shade. It was just the yeah. flip of the tables because you know Kirk Cousins got dragged for so many years while he was actually playing well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But they're they're more egregious Pro Bowl. And the thing about the Pro Bowl is like now that contracts, especially rookie contracts, they're like escalators of what yeah, impacted, you can yeah. be making. Like it, that sucks. So like we need to get this right, which is why like this matters and why we kind of should be upset when when some guys like for a Kirk Cousins, it doesn't really matter. But for a Justin Fields, it does. Like yes, Justin yep. Fields would be getting more money if he made this Pro Bowl. And like he should. Um, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey not making the Pro Bowl. Like what? I mean, Austin Eckler is never going to make it at this point. So hey. Yeah. What are we? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, I think most, I think we had some guys from our list make it though this year for the first time, right? Uh man. I, honestly, I don't re- even remember the list. Uh, to be honest, that was so long ago when we did. Our, uh, I know uh, Tony Pollard made it, which is like again probably over Christian McCaffrey, but hey. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, he made it on the tail end of his rookie deal because remember, Tony Pollard is a free agent. Yep. Yeah. So gonna be fun. Gonna be fun to see what happens there. Um. Yeah. So, uh, like, there are going to be players, and I'll write up a, a full, full season, uh, all pro team because I did that. Um, yeah, at midseason, uh, there were players on my midseason all pro team who did not make the Pro Bowl, and there are going to be players who are like first team all pro uh, on my team who did not make the Pro Bowl, which, you know, kind of what the. That's yeah, what, what we're at here. Um, anyway, so let's, let's keep diving into some of these games. Um, like, again, it, it's tough to see like games where, where both teams really need it right like usually there's like one team like cincinnati and new england's an interesting game but like cincinnati's in the playoffs new england have you watched the patriots like, not do, you gonna find be... the, do you find them interesting on any level at this point uh i mean they outside of the bizarre play that happened at the end of the game like you find so, them interesting on any level so they are uh i believe in insanely watchable i i will say because this could just <laughs> combust that any moment and like it, it might have already um like, it, it has i mean i mean anytime they faced a good quarterback they've lost and mac jones looks completely lost this season and it, and we don't even know if it's his fault they don't have an offensive coordinator right like we don't know what's like like what has really caused the setback but they don't use like any play action with him in the games he's missing throws that like baseline quarterbacks shouldn't miss I mean, he had Johnny Smith for a touchdown in the opening drive of that game. That was like, uh, he could, he should have been able to complete that thing left-handed. And I mean, it's just, they're just a rough, it's a rough run out for the Patriots offense. They're a real tough watch. Yeah. Um, Matt Patricia, bad offensive coordinator. Who, who knew? Who, who would have known? Um, yeah. It's just one of those things. Like, again, this is uh, also a, a Bengals team that like we talked about a couple weeks ago and we're like, not sure where the Bengals are going and like since that point they've the com- completely turned it on yeah they've they've figured everything out 
Um, everything's working on offense. They're, they're continuing to, to mix up a whole bunch of things like turning into this shotgun offense has like really worked out for them running well from shotgun. It doesn't matter who the running back is. Cause yeah, P Ryan had that stretch, uh, where he was doing great. And then you throw Mixon back in the mix a little bit. Yeah. Chasing Higgins, just like doing their stuff. Um, and what's really interesting, especially like when you look at like last week is what makes them so dangerous is you had like chase kind of locked down for, for a little bit um, in that game, but it doesn't really matter because there's just like, you can have T Higgins or Tyler Boyd and you just start throwing to those guys. And and they've really, I think kind of spread out a little bit. It's not so concentrated on his chase. legs too. Yeah. Like, which is another thing, you know, we talk about like the, the pocket passer and you think like, well, Her- well, what about Burrow and Herbert? Like those guys are for like what their archetype typically would have been in like the nineties. Like those guys can all move like when they have to. Yeah. And, and it's another thing where that has allowed Burrow to also like stop taking sacks uh, and not like completely stop, but his sack rate has uh, oh, plummeted, yeah. greatly gone down. Um, and we talked about it a little bit, especially like in empty, he's taken sacks way less. And that was kind of really where they were, you know, playing on the edge a lot when they were using empty and having a lot of those five man protections and just kind of trusting Burrow to, to make things happen. But the thing about it this year is like, they don't have to do that. There's so much better in a structure of the offense that they don't have to go to empty as often. They're not leaving all those guys out on an Island. Um, so, you know, we talked about it couple weeks ago when they're you know not using empty as much they're more efficient from empty when they are doing it just because yeah everything's so much better and then the defense again it's it's still playing well and they're again figuring some things out a ton of guys going down yeah you'll get all that and uh you know in we always like talk about like the halftime adjustments but the halftime adjustments is kind of just like lou anaruma is like oh yeah we're just gonna like drop eight in the third quarter and that that usually is what happened and like it's enough so they they drop eight, 8.6% of the time in the the first quarter, 9.9 in the second quarter, 11.9% uh, in the third quarter, and then 92 uh, in the fourth quarter. And they're just able to, you know, continue to, to do all of that. And a lot of it is in the third quarter specifically, they do it on third down all the time. 22.7% of their third downs in the third quarter are drop eight. 50% of those are in dime. So they have a whole bunch of defensive backs just all over the place. And then you're, you're rushing three. Um, they're just like mixing up all of those looks and you never really have any idea what's coming. But on top of that, they're also blitzing 27.3% of the time on those third downs. So like 50% of the time, you're either getting a three man rush or a five or more man rush, and you just have no idea. And, and Mac Jones is just going to be in hell uh, in this game. Yeah, it's it's tough to see what happened to Mac at the end of that game last week. I mean, one of the most bizarre plays that we'll never forget in NFL history. Uh, I mean, and it, and it this, came at this, the end of the stiff arm was just. Yeah. And it came literally on the end of like just one of the most miserable performances against the team. I mean, you look at the last two weeks, the Patriots have faced the Cardinals and the Raiders, like two defenses that have just been dying just dying uh you know and they couldn't do anything against those two teams yeah just just a factory of sadness right now and like you said like who could have seen this coming right everyone everyone we all seen it coming in the summertime i mean could have been worse could have been joe judge (laughs) apparently they picked the better option because they had a competition 
this this was the winner of the play calling competition. All right, yeah, uh, let's <laughs> move on. Uh, I mean, Philly and Dallas again, like somewhat interesting. Like Dallas again, like kind of do they? They don't really even need to win because they're probably. I think they need to win. Yeah. I mean, just from I mean, like, if you lose to the Eagles for a second time with Dak Prescott back, seeing play in the first game, and to their backup quarterback, I think that that's bad. If you if to going into a third meeting, a potential third meeting, if you see them in the playoffs, that can't be good. Yeah, just for morale, like uh, the Cowboys are, are already in the playoffs, um, so like we have that. But uh, the Gardner Minshew Eagles. How, I mean, you can put a lot of people, I think, on this Eagles team, and that's not a, a slight against Jalen Hurts. I just think the infrastructure of this team is good. That I think Minshew can play well enough that they can they can still win. I think they're very live. I think the market really overcorrected at first, and then it came back. Like they swung Dallas to to, to minus to giving six points, and I was like, ooh, and then yeah. it's like four and a half now. But uh, yeah, I think it was over because like the Eagles have a really good team, yeah. and the and the Cowboys have a few like really like bad in cluster injuries, especially at cornerback. Corner. I mean, you saw that Jaguars game. They had to take Kelvin Joseph off the field. Yep. Like, they, I mean, there was Doug Peterson died. I don't know if it was a Doug Peterson or Trevor Lawrence, like combination, but like, it was, they were just like, I'm going to throw it. We're throwing at this guy every play, every single play. And they just picked on him for two straight drives. And they, had to, the Cowboys said like, they had to get him out of the game. And we and like, they're just hurting at that other cornerback spot. And Trayvon Diggs hasn't really played as well the past couple weeks as he did over the front half of the season. Um, and obviously, you know, a guy like AJ Brown can always, you know, win one on a one-on-one if you want to play that game too. So I think it's, a, I, I'm actually interested in this game for everything. I know it doesn't really matter like big scope of like the playoff picture, but I do think that like Dallas definitely needs to win this game. And I think that the Eagles are live enough still to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in terms of like competitive wise is definitely an, an interesting game. I think when you, yeah, when you look at what the, the Eagles have been doing, it's there's just, there's so many ways to, to beat you, right? Like, so much of it is is built off of you know Jalen Hurts, and you know we kind of talked about that in the run game, but like they have it's still one of the best offensive lines in the league. So if they just want to run Miles Sanders like in a traditional mm-hmm. ground game, they can. Um, again, like if you just want to slant the. Uh, the Cowboys to death, you probably can with uh, Devontae Smith and, and AJ Brown. Like that's going to be fine too. Um, yeah, I think this is like so much of a, a well-oiled machine on that side of the ball. It's going to work. And I and Minshew play himself into a potential starting role in this game. Cause he's a free agent. Like if he balls out, like and this is the only game he starts. I not I saying what you would do. I'm saying like with a hypothetical, like if I he's out there on the market now too. Like, could you see him playing himself into a quarterback competition? The question is like, where would that even be? Right? Is yeah. he like? Are we going to see like Minshew, Bryce Young in Houston? Like maybe. Well, I mean, Tennessee's going to have to bring someone in for sure. Because it looks like we played the last Ryan Tannehill game with the Titans career, which is like all like kind of signs kind of point to it. I mean, are they really just going to fly into next year with Malik Willis as a starter? I'd find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot. Uh... Yeah, we got the Colts. Still... We still got Carolina. We don't know what Houston's going to do. 
Uh, you talked about the Giants are probably going to bring someone in. What's Washington going to do? They're in a spot where what what do they do? Right? Like we t- the Giants can at least kick the can of Daniel Jones and buy some time. Like what is Washington going to do? Yeah, they seem to yeah, the Jets. The Jets are definitely bringing in someone, obviously, after <laughs> Chris Treveler outplayed Zach Wilson. Um, I mean, listen, I don't mean to even poke this, but listen, I went through hell on Twitter with Jets Twitter earlier in the year. And like they're not getting a free pass from me this year for defending Zach Wilson for that period. Jets fans were absolutely the miserable, the most miserable Twitter fan base for for the entire season. And they they deserve everything that's coming to them at this at, during this stretch. I'll not back down from this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been rough and uh, definitely not getting better. Um, so I think the one interesting In Tampa Bay, what are they doing? I don't, I don't know. There's a, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's wide open again this year. 49ers, like they're, I, we assume they're just going to start Trey Lance, but like, there's a lot going on, man. A lot happening out here in the, the Rams. Like, what, is, what are we doing? Stafford's coming back. Maybe. No, he said it on his wife's podcast. So that's, um, all right, let's, let's get to one more game, which, uh, I mean, you probably know this by listening to this podcast, but like all of these games are happening on Saturday. Um, we have three Sunday games. The first one. Merry Christmas to you guys. The first one is is an interesting game because we see the True. Packers who, um, you know, not playing well, but like they've been winning and, and they're still alive. And then we have the Dolphins who – kind of need to find what their counter is. And I think they, they did it a little bit last week. But I think when you look yeah, at you what, just need to you just need to be able to run for 10 yards to carry. And everything's going to be just fine. Sure. So, <laughs> okay. So th- this is where we are with the Dolphins, right? <laughs> they were able to do that because I think they found that counter. If you're going to get these linebackers who are going to be bailing out and trying so hard to sit in that, you know, intermediate range in the middle of the field where they've completely killed um you're going to get some of that space in a white box and you can take advantage of running there but when you look at like what the if we say like a blueprint or or whatever to slow down the dolphins has been it's been pressing those guys off the corner at corner throwing off the timing of the wide receivers you playing a, a little aggressive there throws off the timing it, it, you're able to get some pressure onto a can just kind of rush all of the process the packers that's not what they do and they have not shown that they are willing to change regardless of of the circumstances when you could be playing a little more man coverage at really any point packers are kind of just doing what what they the got Packers the guys, do, too. and they're gonna they're gonna sit back uh, in zone. They're gonna sit back off, and this if they don't change anything, this just kind of feels like the type of defense the Dolphins are going to like look like early season Dolphins against. Yeah, it, it could be. Uh, they can also probably just run the football if they want to, because the Packers the, don't stop the run. Right, that's uh, also true. If they want to do that, <laughs> they can. But like, if the pa- if the Dolphins want to get that that passing game back. Um, yeah, Packers they, they, have they, they have the it. bodies, but yeah, they're they're frustrated. I would say that they're. I mean, they've they've had the bodies probably, all year. Yeah, so I mean, no, um, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm I'm saying that's one like into the next one. Like they they've been arguably probably if you were to say so like this most disappointing units of the NFL season, like the Packers defense would buy you you would have to go long before you got to them. 
and, and it is definitely a top-down thing. The talent is there is there on this defense. Um, they definitely have the outside bodies too. I mean, to me, uh, with the Dolphins though, like I can't take them seriously until they can stop someone. And you know, even if you stop the Packers like a little bit, that's fine. But like until the Dolphins can stop anybody, like I just I really can't take them serious at any point right now. Um, that's just what it comes down to. Because if we've seen like now, they've got two good offensive players, and if you can kind of disrupt that a little bit, because uh, the Bills did that, they made the, the Bill like essentially the Dolphins made two good offensive plays in that game. You know, three if you count three, he most at run where AJ up and ends. I don't know what the hell he was doing on that play. But you have the Waddle play where speed wins, and the the, the Tyreek play where speed wins. You know, Tua was still rough throwing over the middle of the field in that game. They were still inconsistent on offense. They were bad on third down again. Um, and so, like, we kind of had no when they get into like, the teeth of the playoffs. Like, other good teams have that kind of in their bag a little bit. But the other thing was when you flip the ball, like, who are the Dolphins stopping in the playoffs? Are they stopping Joe Burrow? Are they stopping Patrick Mahomes? Are they stopping Josh Allen? They haven't done it either time. Like, you know, so – I just I can't take the Dolphins until they can can, can defend anybody. It's hard to really kind of t- to take them that serious in the AFC. Um, yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, we we've talked about like the difference in what the Dolphins can do, like with a four man rush, and what they continue to not do, um, <laughs> because like they, um. They're getting pressure, like with Bradley Chubb, right? They're still blitzing at a thirty point six percent rate, and you know they're creating pressure. But again, like that leaves so much of their their corners on the island. They just they don't have the corners to do that. Pro um, Bowler Xavier again, Howard. Xavier Howard making the Pro Bowl. Like what? Did you hear his doing, quote? Man? His quote no. was pretty good. He was surprised. He made, he said he was surprised. He made it. So he's been which pretty much tells you everything. Right. So he has been okay when he's been on the outside uh this year. Like still not uh very good, but when you look at when he's been in the slot, which has been 170 snaps, he's been the worst slot corner uh in the league. Um by uh, adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap, which is just kind of using yards allowed in the pro football reference formula that it includes, you know, touchdowns and interceptions. Um, it's two point one one uh, adjusted yards allowed per coverage snap when he's lined up in the slot this year. Um, which, among we got forty two slot corners with at least a uh, hundred snaps uh, or one hundred fifty snaps in the slot. The next worst guy is at one point six, so he's like double that. Um, and that's been on some like the big plays, but again, it's not great. Um, so. And that's kind of where the Dolphins are right now. Like they're they're still blitzing. They're leaving guys like Howard, who, you know, whatever you think of of his performance this year, they're they're leaving them on on islands, and it, it's tough. Um, and they just haven't you know completely adjusted to to what they need to do. Like, and they they have the bodies. Like Jalen Phillips has been playing well. Bradley Chubb has been playing well when uh, he's been there. So, um, yeah, it's. I, I don't really have a lot. And like Christian Wilkins too. Christian Wilkins has been great. Um, again, Christian Wilkins is one of those guys like that probably should make the Pro Bowl. It's hard to take one of the interior defenders from the AFC out uh, to put him in. And that's kind of the, the interior defensive line is, is just stacked this year, especially uh, in the in the AFC. Um, 
yeah, so I don't have a lot of faith in the Dolphins' defense, but like the early season Dolphins' offense could have like outscored what their defense gave up, and they're just they can't do that at this point. Yeah, but they're not they, playing the Lions and the Bears, <laughs> right? And it just you kind of have that that ability to slow down. So Tua, oh. Early in I'm the still season. pro Dolphins big picture. I just yes. think the 2022 version of like what they they are just needs. It was a great starting point. Now we build on this. I think that they've kind of shown me the last month that they aren't there where I hold those other teams. Right, like when we get into the teeth of the AFC playoffs, I don't. I still think that they're a clear rung behind the Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs. Yeah, that's they, really it. I don't mean to like completely discredit them. I'm still on big picture. I love what they're doing. Uh, but now take it a step further in 2023. Are they the second best team in the NFC? Probably. Like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we played in the NFC championship game. We'll take the Niners, so maybe third best team in the Okay, yeah. In the oh, NFC. Because yeah, they already played the Niners yeah. and lost to Brock And when Curry. we saw, yeah, they were the... Yeah, maybe the Cowboys, yeah. but like they're definitely up there in the NFC for sure. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just where we are. But I really want Seattle to make it, and it looks like they're kind of not. Just at least Seattle is watchable, but it looks like they're treading water at this point. At least we might get the Lions in. It does look like that is uh, increasingly the possible. So Lions right now. Uh, Washington, do they win a game? Do they win any of these three games? It's tough. You're looking at San Francisco, home for Cleveland, home for Dallas. That's a that's a rough stretch, um, you know. Losing to the Giants really really hurt them. And then you look at what the Lions' schedule is, and it's very winnable at Carolina, uh, who might also be the the NFC South champ. Uh, it could potentially be the the winner of this game uh, is making. Imagine the, playoffs. the quarterbacks the Panthers have started this year getting into the playoffs. Amazing, incredible, incredible, amazing. Um, so at Carolina, uh, home for Chicago, and at Green Bay. Um, so we have uh, 538 right now has the Lions with a 40% chance uh, to make the playoffs. So it, it's, it's going to be a fun stretch. Uh, and, you know, we're, we got the Jags, Lions coming in. And like, that's it's kind of what we want. We want these watchable teams uh, in the playoffs because. I mean, yeah, imagine because yeah. we're, we're going to probably get the Jags now backdooring in and the, the, the AFC quarterbacks are going to be absolutely hot like yeah. absolutely hot and uh the nfc we have pro bowler kirk cousins yeah hey, hey listen and brock purdy lighten it up brock purdy daniel jones you good. know i was where are you on the niners big picture do you still think they have a shot to to get there i when, yeah. you know when the injury first happened i was kind of like all right well they'll they'll be fine rest of the season and winning three playoff games is probably gonna be a tough ask but i keep looking at the nfc landscape and i'm like man brock purdy might be all right to get them like like the team's just too good yeah yeah absolutely and and the way they're they're functioning right now like brock party doesn't have to do anything anything and that was the whole crux of garoppolo right like it was just like he's doing the same exact thing garoppolo is doing yeah without like the mistakes yet and I, like, no, he's, he's throwing he's to the boundaries tried. more he's thrown to the boundaries more than garoppolo right. did but you know what I mean that, like the, the 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 whole epa argument right like everyone did the garoppolo for years right like well epa is a farce because of jimmy garoppolo like he was always the point and like purdy's kind of doing the same thing right like he's get he's just because they're able to scheme up just these high these plays that just tilt the epa like epa into just such a dynamic fashion right and, i mean the, uh, the george kittle way. 
the George Kittle, uh, the, the first both George Kittle touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, the first one, uh, the yeah. like the, the double fake screen, um, just like parting the seas for him. It, yeah, like Kyle Shanahan in his bag. Like he, this is where he thrives, having the bad backup quarterback and like might not even be terrible, um, but having this type of, of quarterback in there where like he needs to scheme up the offense and that's he's gonna kill my game theory though right like that's that's the shannon thing is he's so great and then does stuff like last week they draw and it didn't matter in the context game but you draw a team off sides on a fourth and seven to create a fourth and two and you still punt from the uh, the other side of the field like what why yeah i mean that's that's one of those things and that's that's been a sticking point with a lot of that tree like that that type of coaching tree but you you live with it because they're so good at creating <laughs> offense that the margins there don't matter as quite as much, and they probably will in the playoffs. And you kind of hope in yep. the playoffs to be a little more aggressive going there. But yeah, I mean, just like what they're doing, they're they're still and and again, like without there were some plays where like it was eleven personnel with like Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, and like Raven McLeod. And like they're still creating offense, and it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, the 49ers are, are still fun, and uh, yeah, and w- like with this defense, like the offense doesn't have to carry them. Um, so I think, yeah, there's there's still one of the most well rounded teams, uh, in the league, and I think we've just kind of seen the Purdy can do what he needs to do in order for this team to still be good. So I'd still consider them the, the second best team in the NFC right now. I also kind of want to see it happen just for people to, to, to compare Purdy to, to Tom Brady his rookie year or second year, I guess it would be. But, you know, I want that. I want that to exist in the world. The the inevitable uh, Purdy Trey Lance uh, quarterback competition. <laughs> I do. I do. Everyone's so, you know, going to talk the, themselves into. It's definitely a, a watch the world burn situation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. There we go. So, you know, we, we still have a whole lot of seating uh, that's going to be in place here with, with some of these uh, teams, right? You have the, the Niners at, at 10 and four, you have the Vikings at 11 and three, um, like that could, you know, flip flop if, you know, the Giants uh, pull out a game here. So uh, it, there's still some interesting things to watch, even if, you know, some playoff spots are, are already set at uh, getting into the playoffs where exactly these teams are in the bracket uh, could kind of matter too. So that's, an, you know, another thing that we are going to uh, be watching. And here we go, uh, full slate of of games here. Uh, big Saturday games, a couple, couple Sundays. So I hope everyone is uh, going to have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy your holidays. Yeah. Um, remember, you can find all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can still be finding uh, Rich Bagging out these worksheets. Uh, we got uh, one one more big week left of a of full slate of you know fantasy relevant uh, type things before we get into uh, a weird week eighteen. Uh, you can find all of work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find Rich on Twitter at what Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Tampa Zuda. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Bye.